series on the life of David. So they're out there, and this group called the Amalekites come in while they're out, and they decimated the camp of David and his men, and they run off with his wife, the children, um, all the possessions. They just come in and raid them while they were out and away. So they come back, and they find this place decimated, and everybody's having this emotional moment and caught up in what's happening. And in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, we'll start here. And I want to quickly go through this today because I believe God wants to do something powerful in us through this. It says, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in his spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength... And the Lord his God. And here you see, I mean, just polar opposite response between David and his men in this moment. Um, David had deep roots. I mean, deep roots in his relationship with God that had started a long, long time ago when he was out in the field watching over the sheep. Deep roots in the presence of God. Deep roots knowing that he could trust God. Deep roots that came from a relationship with God that allowed him to stand on his own two feet. He wasn't dependent upon anyone else. He wasn't dependent upon a pastor. He wasn't dependent upon a leader, a grandmother, or a mom, or someone to encourage him. I believe we're supposed to encourage one another. But David was at a point where he could stand on his own two feet and respond to what was happening in life because he knew the solution was in the presence of God. Not in responding in a tangible way and in a, on a tangible level to what was going on or emotionally, but in the presence of God. He had deep roots. Now, we live in the South, and we've got trees all over the place. And I know we've got trees all over the place because this time of the year, we've got that green and yellow demon dust that comes out of them called pollen. I heard a lot of people sniffing and coughing when you came in this morning. The allergies kind of mess with you. But we've got these trees around here called pine trees. Pine trees look like this. They look great, especially on the, the, on the edge of a lake, and fishing, and they can see just pine trees everywhere. It's one of the things I loved about the south is all the trees. Don't care for the pollen, but I love the trees. But the thing about a pine tree is it doesn't have deep roots. So when a storm comes through, like we had just a couple of days ago, and the ground gets real wet and the wind's blowing real hard, this will happen to a pine tree. They blow over real easy. Big, small, they blow over. Because the root base is wide, but it doesn't go very deep. Guys, we've got to make sure that our root base and our relationship with God is deep. It's deep. And that it's founded in relationship. Not wide, but deep. Wide looks good. Wide sounds good. Wide's pretty to look at. But deep is where it's at. Deep is established in a secret place. Deep is established in a closet of prayer where no one else can see you. Deep is established one-on-one -on -one between you and God. And David had that. And you can see this in the difference of responses that David had compared to the men that were with him. Because they were all led by their emotions. Because of what happened. David took control of his emotions. 
One of the greatest earmarks of spiritual maturity is the ability to control your emotions and not let yourself be emotionally driven. Our emotions are bad things because God gives them to us, but we shouldn't be dominated by our emotions. Amen? They blame David because when stuff happens in life, when you don't know to go to the presence of God, you've got to find somebody or something to blame for what's going on because you've got to have some kind of release. David turned to God because he had deep roots. They became bitter because of what happened to them. But David went straight to the presence of God. Now, I want to ask you this morning, and this is what I feel like God is putting on us today, is that when life happens, what do we do? Do we respond like they did, or do we respond like David did? Do we flow out of the deep roots that are established in our relationship with God, or do we stay on a very shallow level because we have not abided in the presence of God and allowed him to establish a deep, strong relationship in our hearts today. That's the difference between the two. And you can see, you can see clearly that David had learned to abide in the presence of God. In Psalm 24, verse 4, it reads like this. This is from David. David wrote this. He says, One thing I ask from the Lord this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. David was in love with God. Are you in love with God this morning? Or are you distracted and caught on a shallow level in your walk with God? Because you serve a God who is madly and passionately in love with you today, who desires to be with you who desires to have you in his presence. Jesus, speaking to this, laid out something that's just foundational in our relationship with God. He says in John 15, 4 through 5, he says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. There's a whole lot of that word abide in those couple of verses. Abide in me. I'll abide in you. Jesus lays out the foundation of our walk with God. It all hinges on him. There is no getting around it. With me, all things are possible. Without me, you can do nothing. It's all in how we approach our relationship with God. And, and Jesus is saying, listen, if you want to be fruitful, if you want to be productive, if you want to be overcoming, if you want to be the person that can look at the situations of life, it all hinges on me. I am the beginning and I am the end of this whole thing. Nothing can happen outside of your relationship with me. That word abide... It just simply means to remain, to stay, to have as an abode, to dwell, to abide in the presence of God. Are you the person that dwells in the presence of God? Because that's the secret, that's the secret to a powerful and productive Christian walk. Psalm 91, David again writing this. It says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. 
I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. David understood. He understood that the presence of God is where we go. The presence of God is where we go for protection. The presence of God is where we go for renewal. The presence of God is where we go for rest in our lives. I got a question for you again this morning. Do you abide with Jesus? Do you abide with Jesus? That's a fancy churchy word, abide. Do you hang out with Jesus? Do you have a real, active, and valid relationship with Jesus Christ? Because everything you're ever going to do with your calling, everything you're ever going to do with the purpose for your existence, everything that you're ever going to do in this life hinges on your relationship with Him. Do you abide with Jesus? Do you hang out with Jesus? Because He loves you and He wants to hang out with you. And a lot of times we get so busy with going here and going there and we get so much pressure on us from deadlines and obligations and things that have to happen and we get physically exhausted and mentally exhausted and emotionally exhausted and we get poured out and we forget that the key, the key to sustaining ourselves, the key to spiritual longevity and consistency is in that relationship with God. Too many Christians are powerless in their walk with Jesus. Too many Christians are, are crippled because of sin in their lives. Too many Christians are tied to their past when they should be free. Too many Christians are walking around with hurt in their heart that's unresolved and unhealed because we have not learned to abide in the presence of God because it's only in the presence of God that we're healed. It's only in the presence of God that we're restored. It's only in the presence of God that we're renewed and we're set free. It's only in His presence that those things can happen and people are walking around crippling themselves not overcoming not victorious like God intended for them to be because we've denied the very basics of our faith that the sustenance of, of, of the whole thing is just having that relationship with Jesus and that time with him so that he can do in our hearts what he wants to do in our hearts to make us the people that he's called us to be I brought a picture with me This is me. That's my little girl. And I brought it today because to me, it just captured just this beautiful moment where a little girl just loving on her dad. And I think sometimes we get so caught up with the motion and the routines of Sunday church and how we're supposed to just show up, get our service in, and go on sometimes. I know not everybody's like that, but a lot of people live there. And we forget that it's about abiding with our Father. Just hanging out. Just loving on Him and letting Him love on us. It's the simplicity of it all. Sometimes it can get lost in the moving parts. It can get lost in the system and the structure of it all. This is the core of it all, guys. God wants to love on us. 
He wants us to abide with Him. He wants us to hang out with Him and just let Him love on us and be a dad to us and do what needs to be done in us. Do you abide with Jesus? Because God has always desired to be with us. He's always desired to be with us. His heart, the, the, the center focus of the entire Bible is God establishing a relationship with you and with me and doing what's necessary to be with you and to be with me. That's it. That's it. The greatest love story of all time. God's desire to be one and with us. Not laws, not regulations, not the do's, not the don'ts, but the heart of it all is relationship with God. And everything else flows out of that. He's, he's always wanted to be with us. And you see it in the Garden of Eden when he walked with Adam in the cool of the day. He just wanted to hang out with us. And after we messed up and we sinned in the garden and we had to leave, he still found a way to be with us. Even though he couldn't be with us in that way anymore, he, he, established, the, the, he established his presence through the Ark of the Covenant with the people of Israel. And while he couldn't be with them, he was able to dwell amongst them because God's desire has always been to be with us. And after the Ark of the Covenant, there was a tent that was established where the ark would rest and the presence of God would reside in the tent because God always desired to be with us. And after the tent came the temple. The temple had the Holy of Holies on the inside, the outer courts and the inner courts, and then the Holy of Holies of the temple where the presence of God would reside because God's desire has always been to be with us. It's always been to be with us. And the presence of God was separated from the outer courts and the inner courts by this curtain or this veil. And on the other side is where the presence of God would reside. And nobody could go in except for the high priest one time a year. But we couldn't be in the presence of God. But at least God could be with us and dwell with us because His desire has always been to be with His people. And then He sent Jesus. He sent Jesus. And for 33 and a half years, he walked and he talked with us and he gave us the truth we find in the Word of God. And like a man's man, he stretched out his arms, the Son of God, to pay the price for your sins and for my sins, to allow those nails to be driven in his wrists and in his feet, to hang there naked and ashamed, to hang there for you, to hang there for me, so that he could be a once and for all final sacrifice for the sin that, that separated us from God because God's desire was to be one with us from the beginning. So he sent his son to die to remove the one thing that stood between him and us so that nothing would stand between you and him or me and him again. Jesus paid the price for your sin, for my sin, once and for all on the cross so that we could be with our Father once again because His heart's desire has always been to be with us.
And when he breathed his last breath and the price for our sin was paid, the Bible says, this is so powerful to me. I hope you get this in your spirit. The Bible says that the ground shook and the veil in the temple was ripped in two so that there was no division between the presence of God and us anymore. And the Bible says that it was ripped from the top to the bottom, from God to us. Because he said, you can't get to me, but I'll do whatever I can do to get to you. So it was ripped down from him to us to reestablish that relationship. Once again, we serve a powerful God who is madly and passionately in love with us today. Guys, I want to tell you straight up, it's personal. It's not a ritual. It's a personal relationship with Jesus. It's not a ritual. It's not something that we go through. It's not the motions of a service. It's not, it's not the trying to read and, 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 and force ourselves. It's, it's the beauty of a relationship. It's like my relationship with my wife. When I first met her, it was awkward at first. And I know sometimes most people, when you get into a relationship with Jesus, it can be awkward at first because you're excited about everything that he just did in your life. But when you sit down to read the Bible, sometimes ADD kicks in. And you start, it's hard to concentrate when you read. And you hear other people talk about God speaking to them out of the Bible. But to you, it's a discipline in the beginning to sit down and read because it's a little awkward at first. And people talk about experiencing the presence of God in prayer near people like me talking about, I feel God's presence in this place like I do Right now, I feel God in this place. But when you take time to pray, you go in and you're like, all right, I'm going to pray for 30 minutes today. And you get in and you try to work through mentally what you're going to pray about and your lists and your requests and all of this stuff. And you feel like you've been there for eternity and you check your clock and three minutes have gone by. Because it can be awkward at first because you're establishing a relationship with someone. You know, we serve a someone. We don't serve a something. We serve a someone. Our God is living and active, and He is just as real, even more real, than you and me in this room. And I met my wife, Kelly. Man, I, I remember when she walked into our young adults meeting that we had out in Texas. She came walking in with her sister and a, a friend that brought them, and she was wearing these black boots when she walked in, and she caught my eye because I was like, "Woo! I need to find out about that, you know. And uh, she came a couple of more weeks, and I started thinking she was stuck up. She was a snob, like my wife, right? I didn't know her that well. And it was awkward in the beginning. We didn't know each other very well. But over the course of time, we got to know each other. We hung out in groups, then we hung out a little bit alone mostly in groups. I remember when I asked her to go out with me. It was a big step. I was scared to death because I didn't know what she was going to say, you know. It just grows, and it's natural. I remember when I proposed to her, scared to death again, didn't know what she was going to say. I remember when we had our first child and our second child. You can look back over my relationship with my wife, and it was just one moment that led to another moment that led to another moment that slowly blossomed as a relationship between the two of us. Now it feels like I've been with her my entire life. Like I can't remember life before her, really. Um, I remember moments like I was walking through 
the house one night and Abby was up and she, I don't know, remember she was sick or had just woke up and Kelly was exhausted from a long day and I remember walking by the door of the room was open and I saw my wife just exhausted and holding this child and it's like I fell in love with her all over again because to me that was just a picture, a beautiful picture of the heart of a mom that was just willing to do anything for her kid in a moment. Moments like that. It's like my heart was so full with love for her that you wonder how there could ever be any more room like for your wife or for your child, you know. And then it's like another compartment just pops out of nowhere and then fills up with love. It's like your heart continually grows. She was working at the new building the other week or this past week with us and I watched her. She was sanding drywall and carrying boards here and there and just watching her working and I was like, my goodness, that is a woman's woman right there. And I was thinking about how blessed I am to be married to her. It's just another moment where I just fell in love with her over and over again. That's how your relationship with God works. Quite often it's not something that happens all at once in a rush. It's a series of moments because it's a relationship with a real person and you're getting to know him and you're getting to discover him and he's establishing trust with you and showing himself faithful with you and one step at a time you get closer and closer and closer and then one day you're reading your Bible and you feel like you're just going through the discipline of getting something in you because you know you're supposed to read it and the words just jump off the page that day and hit you in the heart and it becomes alive in a way that it never was before and you have one of those moments where God reveals himself to you and you fall in love with him just a little bit more or you get into a time of prayer and then instead of coming to him with a list of requests you just get quiet for a second and begin to worship him and his presence floods the room and you're able to experience what you hear so many other people talk about and you feel the love you feel the healing you feel that 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 safety you feel that refuge you feel that completeness because you're in the presence of the God that created you and you are one with him and he is one with you because you're abiding in him and he's abiding in you that's how it happens one moment at a time I said all this today to say this that God today wants us wants us one to be in his presence to abide with him and he wants to remind us today that he is madly and passionately in love with each and every one of us and doesn't want us to forget that we've got to keep first things first because we will never walk with the power and the anointing and the victory and the healing that he so desperately wants to give us if we cannot get into his presence and learn to abide in that beautiful thing called a relationship with him that he has so desperately worked to establish with us. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Got two questions for us this morning. And the first one is this. Maybe you're here this morning and you just realize you don't have a relationship with Jesus. The truth is, you know you're just not ready to stand before God. You know, Jesus isn't Lord and Savior of your life. You know that there is sin. You know that there's compromise in your life. 
And you know that if you were to stand before him right now, you're not ready. You're not ready to stand before him. When I count to three, if that's you, I want you to lift your eyes up and look at me because I want to pray with you this morning because I want us to get our hearts right today because Jesus died so that you wouldn't have to be separated from God. Jesus died so that you could experience His love and purpose for your life. You don't have to go another day separated from the love of God. Today can be the day that we get this right. Heads bowed, eyes closed all across this place. If you know you're not ready to stand before God, if you know Jesus really isn't Lord of your life, we want to fix this today. When I count to three, lift your eyes up and look at me. Here we go. One, two, three. Lift them up and look at me. I see yours and yours. I see yours. I see yours right there. I see yours. I see yours. Praise God for you. you haven't lifted your eyes yet you know you need to lift your eyes up and look at me second question is this if you're here today and you're a Christian but you know that you've been kind of caught up in the busyness of life and you've been kind of caught up in different things and the truth is that right now in your life you are not abiding with Jesus you are not in the presence of God you just know in the truth like you love Jesus you love Jesus and maybe there's not major sin or compromise in your life right now but you're just kind of in neutral because you're not spending time in prayer you're not spending time reading the word of God you're not spending time just hanging out with him and letting him grow you from the inside out Maybe you're the kind of person that likes to try to handle things on your own and you're carrying the weight of the world on you right now. That's never been God's intention. Allow Him to give you strength from His relationship with you. If that's you, when I count to three, I want you to lift your eyes up and look at me. One, two, three. Lift them up and look at me if that's you. I see eyes going up all over this room. Let's all stand to our feet. I want to pray over you. And then I want the band to lead us in that song, Reckless Love, one more time. As we continue with this service. This service is not over. We're continuing with this service today, okay? Let's all pray. If you lifted up your eyes and you looked at me and you said, there's sin in my life. I'm not ready to stand before God. Jesus needs to be Lord and Savior of my life. I want to pray with you, lead you in a prayer. We're all going to pray this with you because we've got your back here at this church because at LifePoint, no one walks alone. We walk with one another through this because we are the body of Christ. All right, so if you lifted up your eyes, there's some stuff in your heart. We need to get right with God. Jesus isn't your Savior. We need to get sin out. Let's pray and let's get our hearts right in this moment. Everyone repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you right now. And I ask that you forgive me for the sin in my life. I don't want it. I want you. I want your love. I want your forgiveness. I choose right now to let go of the sin, of the compromise, of everything that hinders. And I accept you, Jesus, 
as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for cleaning me. Thank you for paying the price for my sins. You're my Savior. You're my Lord. And I'll do my best one day at a time to hang out with you and let you change me from the inside out. Let's give God praise for what just happened in the place today.